Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio going on everybody we are back What's episode up? 139 of the dark windows podcast my name is kevin i'm kevin he's sleepy <laughs> I, he I heard you try to cut that yawn off quick that didn't work well nope all right so let's uh let's just jump right into it so this week we're talking about a very interesting place Two streets west of the mississippi river and two streets north of the amelia Earhart birthplace museum sits 508 North 2nd Street in Atchison, Kansas. This is just about an hour north of another area of Kansas that's pretty well known for a brutal stretch of history during the Civil War. Uh, the whole time period is kind of referred to as Bleeding Kansas. I'm sure you're quite familiar. Yeah. Um, Kansas was a border state. Like For anybody not familiar with that part of the Civil War, because the western part of the Civil War doesn't seem to get the same amount of coverage as the eastern half of it. No, or pre-Civil War. Right. Bleeding Kansas was the whole, you know, because it was Mason-Dixon line. Right. I was just getting into that, actually. Kansas was a border state. Um, so you, you had people that were pro-slavery, anti-slavery, living mm -hmm. sometimes in the same house as each other, you know? Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of really, really nasty war crimes committed during this whole, in this whole area. Um by both sides, we're gonna <laughs> we're not gonna sugarcoat it. Both nope, sides were were nope. guilty of it. Most notably, a man named Bloody Bill Anderson and a group of bushwhackers called Quantrails Raiders, who both of those at some point have to be their own episodes because, holy Jesus, you want to talk about brutal fucking right there. My aunt is related to them. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. She's related <laughs> to Wyatt Earp as well. Damn, dude. <laughs> Also nearby is Stull Cemetery, which is supposedly a portal to hell, according to some local lore that I've read, and also everything I've seen on Supernatural. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you believe fucking Supernatural? A lot of it's based in actual true, folklore, true, though. True, true, true. The little two-story brick house was originally built in 1870 and would be occupied shortly thereafter by a local doctor and his family by the last name of Finney. Construction would be completed in 1871 when the Finney family were living in the basement. So they built the basement, finished it, lived down there while they built the rest of the house. Pretty common thing to do back then. Yep. Uh, not as much anymore today because you can, and realistically, a single family house, you have a, a, a construction company do it. 
they can knock it out in a few weeks. You know, a couple months of, you know, not not as much not as much work as it used to be. Yeah, it depends, you yeah. know. You, you don't you don't have to find the Amish now to have them come put your fucking walls up and bring them lemonade and shit. Hey. But if you do need walls put up, I guess write them a letter because you can't really call them. Unless you go to the end of the driveway and yell. No, you can actually call them, but you have to make sure that someone is going to answer the phone because usually the phone is in the driveway. Um, <laughs> end of the laneway. Don't come out the property. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but... I guess uh, from what I've heard, the elders now, I guess what you call them, okay. are, allow- are allowing them to have more Western English English philosophies of having a, a phone in their house. So the family wouldn't have uh, wouldn't wouldn't be there very long before tragedy would strike when Michael, the father and doctor of the family. Uh, passed away in the house September 27th of 1872. He would leave behind two sons, a daughter, and a wife with a child on the way. May 25th, 1873, Kate Finney would give birth to Edwin, who unfortunately would join his father September 29th of 1874. So he died very, very young, uh, a few months old. Yeah, normal. Uh, Probably like a SIDS kind of thing, I would think. I mean, it wasn't, they didn't have a name for it back then, but probably something... Of that flavor, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah, obviously, death records weren't real weren't real good back then. Well, or were birth records? Because sometimes well, you know that's the other thing we run into with this is a lot of records for this were lost. Yeah. In a flood. Yep. Later that same year, Kate would actually lose her father. So Kate not having a not having a good couple years. Kind of rough. In 1879, James Finney, the oldest of the, the oldest of the of the boys, built a house next door, but he wasn't there very long at all. He uh, he spent a lot of time bouncing back and forth between there and Colorado with uh, a friend and business partner. They went out to Colorado right 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 after the the gold rush hit. So they're out there trying to seek. You know, they're looking for their their treasure to yeah. you know like fucking everybody else did. Yeah. Um. And eventually he'd leave his mother the house in 1881 and move to St. Louis to work as a, a salesman at a plumbing and uh, plumbing and heating. That wasn't a real thing. <laughs> uh, plumbing and hardware supply uh, warehouse, like big supplier kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Finney would become a doctor. So Charles was the next oldest of the boys. Became a doctor in 1894 when he earned his MD from Beaumont Hospital Medical College in St. Louis, which is now the St. Louis University Medical School. Kind of a big deal. I mean, okay, I've never heard of it, but okay. no, I, I mean, like for the area that that's a that's a big hospital. Okay, um, and it's attached to obviously University of St. Louis. Um, so it'd be kind of like uh, like our UVM Medical Center kind of thing, where okay, that was that's that's the big, you know, you need some shit done. That's where you're gonna go. Okay, yep. Uh, he would open his practice on the corners of Fifth and Commercial, right, right down the road from where he grew up in Atchison, Kansas. Over the next few years, both houses changed hands a, a few times, including when the house that James built was deeded to a woman, Johanna Barnes, who is a single mother of three with another one on the way. So very soon to be single mother of four, which I can't imagine was a good thing back then. I, I, I've got a feeling that unless it was like your husband no. died somewhere, it, 
probably you know, you know no it's not a good thing because you're looked at as like a spinster or whatever you know you're you're not a so you did something right or, or you know or or it could be you know your 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 uh, husband died in the war or something right like if if he had died that's one thing but god forbid he leaves you he leave her and she ha- or or she have a child with more than one different man uh-huh. and be unmarried Holy shit. I'm pretty sure back then they would still burn you at the stake for that. Yeah. Pretty Probably close. a good stoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the most interesting part of her story is that she was a former patient at, of the uh, the state hospital in Topeka for some, quote, mental instability. Uh-huh. Uh, her and the kids lived there until 1906 when she took her kids to St. Louis and the house was then deeded to Agnes Finney. So it went goes back into the family. Uh-huh. Charles would marry a woman named Louise Zeibold, and the couple would move into Charles's childhood home, which was the original house, the one that he grew up in. Uh, so right around the same time that all of that happens, uh, James dies in the hospital in Leavenworth of paresis of the brain after eight or nine, eight to nine months in the hospital. And paresis is basically like... Um, Oh shit! What did I say? What did, what was it? It's like meningitis, but a little bit more aggressive. Huh. So not not a fun way to die. I no, can't imagine your no. fucking brain swells until it just shuts off. No. Oof. In 1907, Charles and Louise had a son that they named Charles as well. Not as well as you know. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah, his name. Yeah, his name's yeah. Charles. Also. Yes. I mean, as well as a pretty weird middle name. It's not Charles also, but it's just Charles. <laughs> Charles Jr. also. Ah. Sounds like you should own a fucking like, burger chain. Charles Jr. <laughs> also. <laughs> uh, in 1913, Charles the Older was elected mayor of Atchison. That's Charles, Charles the Elder. Either or, whatever. <laughs> I've heard people say respect your elders and respect your olders. I think it's kind of a... I've never regional heard, thing. Never heard of respect your elders. You've I've, never heard that? I've heard no. people say that before. I've heard respect your elders. I've heard both. Like I said, I've, I've definitely heard both. Huh. Um, okay. I've been a lot of places, but I've never heard of respect your elders. I, I have or heard older. I have heard people say respect your elders. I don't know if they were misspeaking or I if think they, they were fucking were like dumb or some shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, he was Canadian, so ah, who knows? Uh, hey, oh, <laughs> so Charles would actually have to step down as mayor due to some scandals about selling or allowing booze to be sold at the Eagles club. This was pre prohibition. So I'm guessing that it was possibly a dry County and he was allowing some, uh, you know, some fun to actually happen. Yeah. (laughs) And he would actually have to take a plea deal with the state's attorney. Not too long after he was elected and he stepped down. This happened just in time so that he helped his sister Agnes nurse her husband, William true back to health after he suffered uh, suffered a stroke and became paralyzed in Wyoming while they were on vacation. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So Agnes would bring him back to her childhood home, uh, the house where Mayor Dr. Charles lives. Mm-hmm. But he would die three days after, basically kind of slipped into a coma and just never came back out of it. Shitty. Um, so it was, it, but it was quick. It was fairly quick. It was, yeah. it was only three days. So oh. he, I don't, you know. And obviously in a coma, I don't know how that works. I don't know if you're still in pain or if you're just, like, dead asleep. I have no fucking clue. Never been in one. Anybody that's ever been in a coma, let me know how it works because I have no fucking clue. My mom was in a coma. Was she really? Yeah. Damn. Medically induced. Well, I wonder if it's different, though. 
if it's medically induced or if it's like just because your brain's like, fuck you, you're going to sleep. I don't know. Most people turn out to be medically induced, like a lot of stuff. It's well, like, no, I'm, I'm talking like back then where if you just like boop and you're in a coma. Oh, no, no, no. Boop, I have that's, no clue. That's, you know, no, they didn't. I don't think they had a way to medically induce you back then. I think it was. They just could probably here. physically induce you with like a hammer of sorts. True. <laughs> True. We need you to be asleep for this procedure. <laughs> Will you stop punching him? No. Bring me the hammer. <laughs> Bring out the ether. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any of that Karari kicking around? We got to put this fucking guy to sleep. No, no, they didn't have Karari. They needed ether. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Don't do too much. <laughs> Only a couple drops. <laughs> no, too much. Stop. This shit gets you fucked up. <laughs> it will actually. It actually can oh. kill you. Oh, I know. But if it doesn't kill you, you can like you can get fucked up on it. Yeah, well, like the, I guess the after effects are fucking like you're like, ooh. Yeah, it's like people that do fucking nitrous because they're like, oh, it's gonna be great. Sounds like a terrible idea. No, <sighs> drugs are bad. Okay. Okay. So a little, a uh, little over a month after William passed on May fourth, nineteen eighteen, the matriarch of the Finney family, Kate, would die in the same ha- in the house that James built next door on June fourteenth. So she had moved from the house that her and her husband had built to the house that her son had built. Mm. Um, she'd been dealing with gangrene for months from a, a, an injury, and obviously Charles, being a doctor, was taking care of her. Agnes would then move into the house, which would become known as the Sally House. She would live there until she died in November of 1939. In the years between, she would bring in different tenants or um, basically roommates to help pay the bills and utilities once they finally had utilities and stuff like that. Uh Charles would pass March 24th, 1947 in Topeka. Uh, After his death, the house was rented to several families over the years. One of the first being the, the Mize family. This kid's got a great name. Dick Mize moved his family into the Sally house December of 1948, but they only stayed a very short time before they left. <laughs> I know. I didn't give you I didn't give you a chance to digest it. Oh, fuck. I can't tell if it's just like a funny name or if he should have been like a detective. <laughs> I'm like, if you mispronounce that, you're calling them dick eyes. <laughs> okay. So, unfortunately, the, uh, so they weren't there a very long time at all. And, unfortunately, the records of who lived there between 1948 and 1958 were destroyed in a flood in the, uh, the town hall. Uh, every, like, all the old paper records were kept in the basement and yeah. it flooded during a storm. Uh, and it damaged a bunch of documents, as, you know, water tends to do with paper documents. It's not. It's not a flood. It's gonna be a fucking tornado that gets on. Right. It's a fucking water nado. <laughs> yeah. What we do know is that a woman named Ethel Anderson moved into the house in 1958, and she lived there until 1990. She was there a long time. Yeah. So I'm not a hundred percent sure because I couldn't really find any information on it whether she died in the house or if she just moved. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But she was there for like 32 years. Wow. After the house became vacant again, Colleen Humbard and her kids moved in for a short time and again left pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The next people that would move into the house are the current owners, Tony and Deborah Pickman. Yes. They moved in December 31st of 1992, and that's where I'm going to leave everything off for Kevin. Yes. But 
before you get into that, I think we should take a real quick break and we'll come back and you can tell us about what Tony and Deb have been through there. Okay. But first, before we take the break, Whoa. so, uh, cause Kev, I, um, you didn't mention it, but the, cause of how it got its name, the Sally house. I honestly, I guess I couldn't find anything. So well, enlighten me cause I have no clue. Well, there's two different, like I saw there was like two different scenarios. One says that Sally was um, brought in to see Dr. Finney and died in the house. And then another one says that she was a, was a kid of, uh, of, uh, of somebody who lived in the house and died. Like her parents had lived there and then she and she died while she was in there. But kind of like no proof of that, I guess. Right. Not you know. But they Either... do know that her name is Sally. Okay. And um you know, and how she likes to spell it. But I will get into that. Either that or it was the nineteen eighty six first round eleventh overall pick John Sally was born there. Oh, I have not figured that out hey, yet. Hey, hey, easy, uh, easy. It does say he was born in Brooklyn, but I am not 100% sure. Listen, um, he was a but a man of, that tall, I don't think, could fit in a house was, like that. He was part of a, uh, a, a very um, <clears throat> good um, and bad boyish, so we should say, uh, team out of Detroit. <laughs> yeah. He played for the Bulls, too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Later on in his career. Yep. And then he played for... Uh, <laughs> He played in Greece. <laughs> yeah. Then came back and played for the Lakers for a season and retired. Yep. He, he played for the Lakers 99-2000, so that was like pre-Kobe, I want to say. So they yeah. hadn't quite got yeah. good again. Yeah, it was And now they just buy everybody they need. They didn't build a team around one guy. They just like, hey, this is Los Angeles, bitch. We got all kinds of money. We're going to bring everybody in. Exactly. And then not fucking win anything. Because we have too many people that all want the glory. And, you know, I mean... We're going to get bitch-stomped by the Nets. I hope. <laughs> anyway, I'm not a basketball our... fan, but fuck LeBron James. <laughs> let's take our break. Yes. All right, we're back. We are back. So, Kevin just said that had to, before we went to the break, he said that uh, Tony and Deborah had moved into the house. Yes. And their first strange experience after moving in was that their dog, that was a normally quiet dog and very friendly. What kind of dog? Uh, I don't know. It did. They actually did not say. I'm not interested in the story anymore. <laughs> if we can't get a breed, man, come on. Well, hey, listen. Or at least a, a you know, a, a general not, idea of breed. Deborah did not tell, t- say that what kind of dog she had, okay? And that's up to her. God damn it, Deborah. <laughs> She said that their dog, that was normally quiet and friendly, began barking furiously at the threshold of the nursery. They said that uh, their cat seemed to follow something with their eyes and would would go right over, like uh, like look right over their heads. Oh, yep, yeah. I I can relate to that. Uh, They installed a ceiling fan in a living room in their living room. And at night, they would sit in the living room, and they'd watch TV, like anybody would do. As you do. Yes. Um, they'd have a window open, or the windows open. It's Kansas. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably fairly nice during the during spring. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they allowed the, you know, the breeze to come through, um, fan, you know, circulate the breeze. Well, as they were watching television, the lights would begin to dim. Um, this would happen over a period of time, and it became a concern for them because they had not installed a dimmer switch for the lights. But again, it's Kansas, so the wind, I mean, play devil's advocate here, it gets a little windy, could, you know, move some stuff around, and you could almost have some, like, brownout kind of thing going on. Not making lights dim, no, Or if not. they have, like, rolling blackouts like North Korea. I'm not 100% confident no. with that part, though. No, no I mean, not to... Make the lights go from, like, bright down to, like, dim ah, okay. further, and then they probably went back up. Um, and they didn't hadn't installed a dimmer switch for the lights, uh, which was directly across from them where they would sit. And they never touched the light switch at all. Yeah, that's a little odd. Um, they were concerned enough so that they had an electrician check the house's wiring to make sure that it was okay. And no problem was found at all. Uh, the light, however, continued to dim. <laughs> Tony would um, make an off-cuff remark of, Ha! We must have a ghost. Deborah would detect cold spots by the stairs. You don't joke about that shit. No. Because <laughs> you, you do. I mean... No, you can't do that. Um, Deborah detected like cold spots by the stairs in the front door. Um, this was the one activity that remained constant the whole time they lived in the house. So they, they lived there for a number amount of, uh, of years. I think it was like seven or so total, I believe. But anyway, the the nursery for them seemed to be an area of the of a problem. Uh, the problems would manifest in them not being able to use their portable phone while in the room. Okay. When uh, they would step in, uh, step out of their room, the person that would be calling them or speaking w- with them would then they uh, would he- would hear them if they were out of the room. But then as soon as they walked into the room, they couldn't hear them at all. Okay, that's weird. Okay, so my house before we changed cell phone providers, mm-hmm. we had service in our living room, but if we stepped into the kitchen, yeah. Which there's no wall between them. There's I mean, there's um, like our little island where the sink is. As soon as we would step through, like cross the threshold into the kitchen, yeah, we'd lose service. You go into the bathroom or laundry room, which is the next set of rooms over from the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, service back. Then if you go upstairs, it's the opposite. You have no service above where you do. Then mm. in the middle, you have service. And then over here, it was spotty as fuck in the studio. Wow. So it was... It, and the thing is, it was only like that for a few months, like when we first moved in, which I don't wow. understand, which a cordless phone, you shouldn't have that because it's it's tapped into your, your phone lines in the house. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, could, I could see a cell phone being, being an issue, but a cordless phone shouldn't be. Huh. That's real weird. So, I had my math wrong. They actually lived in the house for three, uh, 11 years total. Okay. I was wrong. Um, anyway, so nursery being a hot spot of contention because, you know, the whole phone thing. Right. Um, that wasn't the only thing. They would have issues where the crib 
mobile. You know how like cribs have like a yep. like a little thing that like you said like a sometimes like has like a little arm that like attaches to the right side of the crib. It comes over, it cut, like arcs over, and you got yeah. stuff that dangles down from it. It spins. It's yeah, got like a spins, little motor sometimes plays or music, whatever. Yeah, it's it's either got like a bearing in it where. It'll move like you just you push it and it'll move and yeah. it'll kind of keep or going it's or it's motorized. Motorized. Yeah. Well, this would turn on when they would run the vacuum in the room. I mean, that you could almost explain that if you're overloading a circuit or something, it might have enough juice just to kick it on a little bit. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm just. I'm just. Well, that's not the only thing. Okay. Any I'm just spitballing. I'm not an electrician, as you as you I, well know. <laughs> I, I highly doubt it. I mean, that's because that if it's a if a, if it's electronic like this seems to be, you actually have to turn the switch on for it to turn on. Okay. And to you know, I mean, uh, unless yeah, no, there's not. There's just not a possibility. It's just not. You know, that would just be really kind of strange. Oh, but, obviously. <laughs> Um, well, the whole thing's fucking strange. Any uh, electronic musical toys would take on lives of their own, and they would emit sounds, hums, and distant-sounding voices. Okay. They also had times where they would uh, be talking on the phone in uh, different parts of the house as well, and they would be disconnected immediately. So just besides the, you know, so, yeah, always in the nursery yeah, they walk in, they'd be disconnected. But some other times, other parts of the house, it would just be like, "Well, see ya." It just know. completely just dropped the call off. Yeah, but okay. I mean, like I said, you know, there's reasons, and sometimes you know things happen for you know, just out of random. Right. Um, you know, it could be some kind of um, electrical interference. That makes yeah okay you know, fair enough. I mean, with that. I mean, if it was a cell phone, I would say, well, the cell phone reception just sucks. Right. Because, I mean, sometimes, hell, at my place, I have, like, one bar of cell phone service. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. Right. But like you we know? were saying, it's a cordless phone. It's wired into your, your yeah. house phone. Yeah. But. There's no excuse for that unless you're out of the range of it. But you'd have to have uh -huh. a huge fucking house to be out of the range of, of the dock. But at the same time, though, I have had experiences where. You like, I've had a customer blame us for um them not having, having having a reception their, their reception not having their cell actually having their phones working. <laughs> now their explanation for this was that they assumed it was the weather, and they were um, and they would dismiss it because it happened. No, they actually had to dismiss that because no matter what the weather type, it actually, you know, would cause it to happen. You know. To just drop. And their next option would be that they th would think that it was actually the battery, which could be possible. Fair. Yep. You know, that's a very fair one. Um, so they actually put in a new battery, and the issue still happened. So they had to rule out the battery. Um, now, when they actually brought their newborn son, uh, his name is Taylor, home, uh, they had a constant battle to get uh, any sleep at all because he would cry for them to come no matter if he had eaten, just eaten, uh, been changed, or 
was wrapped comfortably, kind of like swaddled. Okay. So no matter what, you know, he, he would just instantly go into fits. Um, they felt that someone was playing with him or wanted him to be awake so that they could have his attention. They felt that this was an, uh, they felt that his, what he was doing was kind of like ordinary just because they were new parents, but it really wasn't normal at all. Um, one day Deb was speaking with her neighbors to the north. Uh, the neighbors' names were Carol and Don. And they asked Deb if there was a reason why the uh, they had the baby sleeping with the light on in the room at night. And Deb said that their son Taylor was not sleeping in the nursery, that he actually had been sleeping in their room, and that they must be mistaken because they must be seeing the reflection of light coming from the hallway. Okay. Which is, you know, fair, plausible. Yeah. Um, Carol said that she was certain that the light that they saw was from inside the nursery, not the hallway. Hmm. I mean, I would think that, you know, being neighbors, you kind of would know what a light from a hallway versus a light in the room looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. You know, that's kind of strange, but I think she kind of, you know, she blew it off a little bit. But then they would start to find some other strange things, like strange mold on many odd things, like Tupperware containers hmm. that were in a, you know, in a, in a cabinet. Okay. Dog food in a bowl that had been poured the same morning. Pots, pans, and magnets on the refrigerator. So it takes a little bit. It- Getting mold on them. Yeah, as someone who has definitely forgotten shit in the fridge before, it, it mold doesn't happen like over the course of a couple hours. No, no, it's a it takes, it's a process. Yeah, a couple days up to a week. It's a it's a process. It doesn't just happen. No, no, it's not an overnight process. No, if it was, damn. <laughs> Unless the fairy mold mother's coming in and like dumping stuff all over everything. <laughs> Look at you. I'm going to mess with your allergies. Mm. (laughs) Take that, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, That bitch never needs to come on the show again. That fucker thought I never existed. Look at you. I was unhappy with that when it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Deborah's sister came to visit. And on her last day of being with her sister, they all went to visit Tony's parents. And while they were at Tony's sister, uh, while they're there, Tony's sister-in-law and Deb's sister-in-law came over. So she said that she had gone into the house to deliver a high chair that she had said that they could have. And when she went in to deliver it, um, she saw that neither one of them were there. And she's like, well, all right, I'm going to go in. And... They kind of want to see the nursery because she was kind of excited to see what you know they how they had, what they had done to it, um, because it was her nurse her, her nephew's you know, right nursery. Yeah. So she's like, I want to see it. Uh, well, Tony and Deb didn't have a problem with her coming in at all, and they told her as much. Deb did find that it was odd how nervous her sister in law, whose name is Jeannie. Uh, was 
so they kind of, you know, they continued visiting. And then after a while, Tony, Deborah, Taylor, and Deborah's sister, Karen, left and went back to their place. After being home for a little while, Tony went upstairs to use the bathroom. He went back downstairs and asked Deborah why she had put all of Taylor's stuffed animals on the floor of the nursery. Deborah was in disbelief, saying, What do you mean? How did they get there? When Deborah was asking the questions, Karen walked in and they all went, decided, Let's go upstairs and just check out, you know, this, what, you know, Tony's saying. About all these stuffed toys being laying around know, right. on the floor. They're going to get up there and all that shit's picked up? No. Oh, okay. When they got to the nursery, they discovered what Tony was talking about. And they were all arranged in a circle. Weird. Yeah. Now, keep that in mind, okay? Oh, I will. Because, you know I will. Because um, there's a portion after. Because um, these are basically just the accounts from them of uh, things that happen. Um. I have uh, – they actually caught some stuff from EVPs because these two, Tony and Deborah, <laughs> actually kind of, you know, throughout this start to become um, uh, paranormal investigators. Right. You know, kind of like Like part-time DIY, in your own house, yeah. yeah DIY investigators. Um, the so, fuck are you doing in my house? Yeah. Yeah. So they found them all arranged in a circle. They thought that someone had um, played a trick on them, and they thought that Jeannie had done it when they um, realized that it was not her nature to play tricks. They were like, oh, okay, well, all right, maybe maybe it wasn't her, you know, because she doesn't really like to do that kind of right. thing. Um, they decided to – but they decided anyway, well, you know what? What the hell? Let's call Jeannie and see if she had seen the stuffed animals on the floor when she was actually at the house because, you know, she was the last one there. So she maybe seen them. So she stated that everything, when, when they got her on the phone and Deborah asked her, she stated that everything was in perfect order when she was there. Okay. Um, so Deborah's like, okay, whatever. So she, she's like, okay. They continued on their conversation, you know, just talking about, um, the room, the decorating of it, and then Jeannie asked Deborah, you know, after because it kind of nagged her a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she asked her why she had asked about the nursery, <laughs> and Deborah, before uh, telling her why she'd asked her original question, decided that she would rephrase it. Um, and she said. You, you didn't do it by any chance, move any of the stuffed animals to the floor of the nursery, did you? Because kind of like more of a direct question. Right. Uh, just to kind of like key her in on, you know, where they found the stuffed animals. Because before she just said, hey, did you see anything, you know, strange? And, well, Jeannie's response is, no, I didn't touch a thing. Why? Is something wrong? Deborah then proceeded to tell Jeannie what they had found. Jeannie was shocked, and she was shocked enough that she actually called her husband over to the phone and actually had um, Deborah tell both of them again what they had found. 
Um, and Jeannie then went to tell went on to tell Deborah that she had ex- what she had experienced while in the nursery. She said that she had an overwhelming, unsettled feeling that was so strange. Uh, that was it was so strange, overwhelming, and would not go away until she actually had left the house. Um, she had to drive to, and she actually was so unsettled by this that she felt the need or the urge to actually drive to um, her in-laws' house so that she could tell Deb and Tony okay what she had just experienced, but. As she actually got there, she had settled down at this point and was like, maybe it was just, you know, my my nerves or whatever, just playing, you know, something playing tricks on me. And, you know, I, I, everything's fine. I'm not going to say anything. Right. Um, but until Jeannie was told this, you know, how the, the toys and everything else and what happened, it kind of like brought this all back. And Jeannie was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, you know, get this off my chest and tell her, you know, what, what happened. Um, so with the fact that Jeannie hadn't done it, they figured, well, someone else must have done it. And one of the possible suspects was a friend of Tony's, um, that, you know, likes to play these old pranks. But, you know, they didn't really go too much further with that. They were just like, okay, whatever, you know. Well, let's put all the toy, you know, stuffed animals back. Um, they turned the light off and went back downstairs. When they got downstairs, Karen looked back up the stairs and saw that the nursery, nursery light was back on. She asked Tony about the light, and he said that he had actually turned it off. They all went back up the stairs, and they found that a teddy bear was in the middle of the floor. They put the bear back w- and went back downstairs. They begin to check periodically, you know, after, you know, for a little while to see if actually if the light was on or off in the nursery. Okay. Um and then well, Deborah decided that she had to go pee. So she went up the stairs and Tony was like, uh, no, I don't want you to go. Karen's like, no, I don't want you to go either. Deborah's like, I I really got to go. So I'm going to go up. Right. You can't tell me when to piss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is my house too. God damn it. I'll piss when I please. (laughs) Yes. So when she got to the top of the stairs, she looked into the nursery and found the damn bear on the floor again. Hmm. They all decided well, – by the time she got back downstairs, she was like, uh, okay. And she told them, and they're like, yeah, we're going to all spend the night in the same room together. So Karen and Tony went back downstairs and got the TV and VCR because, you know, you got to have both, you know, because you got to watch your, you know, your cassettes. Of course. You know, I mean, It's the 90s. You yeah, didn't have DVDs yet, dude. Yeah, you got to have your VHS player. Yeah. Know. So, just as Tony got close enough to the living room, he saw out the corner of his eye a bean bear. Remember the remember those, like little beanie bears, like a beanie baby bear, something like that. Okay, yeah. 
That was a lot of bees. Holy shit. I can't believe I did that all in one shot. No. Um, he said that he saw this bear that was on the TV stand spin around. Uh, no. No, he did not. He's full of shit. <laughs> and at this, both Karen and Tony sprinted up the stairs with a TV and VCR in hand. They're like, yep, we're out. Oh, <laughs> they've got they've got their 16 inch under one arm. Yeah. Actually, I don't know, dude. Those old tube TVs that would have been the fucking that would have been a team lift. He's fucking like two handed. <laughs> it. Like a, I think it weighed 75 pounds. Yeah, He's running up the stairs with a fuck <gasps> this. Fuck it, Christ, goddamn! You, if you if you dropped it on your foot, you would actually oh, die. Break your like, fucking foot? No, it would kill you. Oh, it would kill you. Gotcha. <laughs> So that night, they all spent the night in the same room, like I said. The next day, Karen actually uh, had to go home, so she flew home. And Tony's brother, Greg, came over. Um, and she shared uh, – she shared. They shared. <laughs> she shed. She shed. The sheer and the she shed. <laughs> so Tony's brother, Greg, came by. And Tony shared with him what that what happened to them the night before before okay well they had he picked up the 35 millimeter camera not rifle but camera <laughs> and began taking pictures as he folk now yes we had 35 millimeter cameras we didn't have you know the then this was the type of camera where you know a lot of us will remember we have to go get the film developed. It's not like instant picture like with iPhones and Android phones and whatever else nowadays. I'm, or... I'm going to make a noise here real quick that if you're over the age of 30, you may remember. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, We had them fucking disposables. Some of us. Oh, man, dude. But some of us were fortunate enough to have uh, the old Polaroid. Right. The old take a camera, take a. Take the shot and do the old flap, 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 flap. Ooh, hey, look. That's the picture we took. Yeah. And then you have like a little t- a strip on the bottom where you can actually write the, you know, um, when it, what happened, you know, like yep. the, who's in the picture and if they're ages I, or whatever. I remember being in school when the first generation of digital cameras came out and they were so big that you could put a fucking floppy disk in them to save your pictures on. I mean, they were, oh shit! They were they they had had to be like eight by eight, and then like four inches thick. I don't remember. I don't. They were huge. I just don't remember them. They were the old. It was a, the ones that we had at school were oh, Macintosh. Oh wow! They were fucking old. That was my first com- first computer I ever played on was a Macintosh. Hipster. <laughs> and guess what we played it on? Oregon Trail. Bitch. Yes. <laughs> I never dried a dysentery. I always died of that. Fucking river! Oh, dude, I died of everything. I was terrible at that game, but it was God fun. damn Kansas fucking river, son of a bitch, asshole river. I know. Fucking kids get on a goddamn raft. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that just shows how old I am. Yeah, yeah, dude, don't feel bad. I I remember the old green and black monitors. Damn, skipping. Yeah. So as Greg was. Taking pictures, he focused on the bear sitting next to the television. And just before he took the picture, he said, if you're here, do you want Don't do that. to Stop. have your picture taken? Stop. And Don't as, talk to it. God damn it. You're yeah, encouraging it. Well, he did. As he clicked, 
the little button, and the shutter went off. The bear spun around before his eyes. God damn it. (laughs) Once they all left the house. (laughs) No shit. They went to. You just watch a fucking teddy bear spin around in a circle on top of your thing. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not hanging out there. Fuck that. Yeah. And and women and children might ask whoever gets to the door first. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you all. Watch out, kid. Fuck them kids. (laughs) Boot the kid down the basement stairs. Fuck (laughs) y'all. Well. They all then they all went to Tony's parents and Tony and Greg's parents, I should say. Um, as they were leaving the house and getting into the vehicle, Tony was getting t- uh, Taylor into his car seat. He felt as though he had been bitten by a bug on his back. And when they reached Tony's parents' house, Deborah asked to see the bug bite. And when Tony lifted his shirt, she did not see a bug bite, but she saw trace scratches. And some would say that is a, um, a, I'm trying to think of it, the word, the wording, um, mocking of the Holy Trinity. Okay. That's what that's told. It's, you know, supposed to be. Right. Supposedly. I don't really know. I'm not a, you know. A ghost or anything, so I don't really know. Or Christian or Catholic or whatever, any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so now moves on a little bit. Uh, Tony and Deborah Pickman actually decide that they want to meet with a psychic named Fair. Barbara Connor and her sister. And they want to meet at her at you know their house. Um. They had heard actually that Barbara was actually in town visiting family. So they reached out to her and she agreed to come by the house and meet with them. They were hesitant to meet with her. And I'm guessing it's because they didn't really believe in psychics. So, you know, they're like, well, you know, I don't, I don't believe in this shit. I right. I they're kind of, kind of skeptic about yeah. it. Yeah. So as they sat in their living room, speaking with Barbara, they said that she picked up on a little girl who was seven and that her name was Sally. I mean, now, they originally spelled it. Name drop the movie in the movie. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they originally spelled it S-A-L-L-Y. As you do. No. That's that's the more, co- like, for a first name, that's the common way well, to spell it. They later changed it to S-A-L-L-I-E. Right. Because... They actually had confirmed who she was. Okay. So, I mean, to me, that's kind of like the difference between Alan. Like, as a first name, it's A-L-A-N. Or as a last name, it's more common, A-L-L-E-N. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, while Deborah was there, or Barbara was there, they, she actually had told them that Sally was acting as Taylor's guardian angel. Okay. Okay. Um. And after the visit from Barbara, they would have um, more activity. Well, actually, hold on, before I get going too far there, um, they well during her visit, she actually did tell them more. They actually, she actually said to them, um, "You might want to check in more often on on uh, Taylor than you usually are because." Um, she's a little girl 
and she wants to do more things. She wants to you know, oh. hold him, oh, hold him, stuff oh. like that. You might want to um, not leave the room when you have him in a swing um, or in a high chair or anything like that. Don't leave the room when you do that because, well, once again, she's a little girl. And there's a possibility that he could get hurt. Not intentionally by her, but she, you know, he could get hurt because she pushes him or does something and, you know, he goes off the chair or whatever it was. You know, she, she, she you know. Right. It happens. So after their visit with Barbara, they would have activity that was subtle, that, um, uh, that was so subtle that they could that it just went on for several days without they actually recognizing it, you know, at all. They just didn't okay. really pay attention at it all. Um, a strangely melted candle on a shelf in the living room was found one day while cleaning, and another burnt candle, which uh, had set in a sconce in the living room wall, um, what looked like it had a burnt finger marks at the base of the candle. Weird. Like almost like it would like was touched. By the way, a strangely melted candle is is the title of my topless calendar I'm going to release next year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very waxy. Ugh. It's like it's um, like it melted and somebody dropped it on a barbershop floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Accurate. Uh pictures that had hung on the wall were unexpectedly found turned upside down and photographs developed days or weeks after taking them would suggest that there was something going on. Yeah. Something afoot. Like, when you have shit like that happening, that's where I start going, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Uh, kind of like uh, the, the whole story, like the story of the ha- the, the haunting in Connecticut, uh-huh. where, you know, they move into the house, they put everything up, and then all of a sudden, like, all of the crosses on the doors and shit are flipped upside down and nobody else touched them. It's like, that is bizarre. Because there is no reason for it. That's where you start getting into, like, potential demonic activity. Yep. Which is fucking creepy. Yeah. It's like, I get ghosts. Demonic activity, like, even if you're not a believer in that particular brand of religion, it doesn't seem to matter. They just still happen. Yeah. And that's the part that freaks me out, because I'm like, ah, I don't believe that shit. I'm not a Christian. Whatever. And then all of a sudden, goofy shit starts happening. You're like, but fuck, wait. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I don't know. So they they begin to take some photographs. Right. And one of the first photographs they took uh, had a bluish swirling sort of mass that was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second, taken only moments later, there was another bluish mass, mass which looked like a... A blob. Okay. Um, now, they kind of, you know, as some people say, well, Jesus, must have been something on the freaking lens, you know. Right, or uh, dust particles uh, you know, or some something. shit. Something. Yeah. Oh, damn it. There's always an excuse. Well, they checked the lens, you know, of the camera, and they took the pictures, and they, were, they couldn't find anything. So they hired a third party um, to actually authenticate what was going on mm-hmm. and so they now anal- and analyzed both of the photos and 
they let were me guess. not actually able to recreate. I was going to say, let me guess. They found nothing untoward with the photos, like they weren't yeah. doctored. Yeah. Yeah. They of course they weren't, they because there's anything. a fucking ghost in their house. Um, they actually had another photo um, that has a mass at the uh, doorway, which seems to have a marbleized appearance to it. Like and a good steak? Yeah. Okay, good. Cool, cool. Um, it's got a, got a lot of fat through it. Yep. Get some good flavor. Now, they actually had this uh, same effect that was seen in a, there are some Christmas photos that they were that were taken um, in 1993. So, now, give me a second. So, all of that shit happened over the course of one year, essentially. Yeah. Or less than a year, basically. Yeah, this is all in a year. <sighs> Year's time. This happened. This is uh, this. I'm gonna read this right from, um, their website. This is actually um, she Deborah's accounts. She recounts all of this stuff from um, what had happened at the house, and this is entitled "A Gift for Sally." This was on uh, in September of 1993. So in September of 93, um, after Barbara had actually visited. Tony's brother and I got to thinking about this little spirit and how life must be cold and lonely for her on the other side. No real family, no hugs or cuddles, and no special things of her very own. After a bit of take talking, we decided to buy her something as a sort of, quote, we welcome you gift. And threw around ideas of what a little girl her age might like. We soon we soon determined that a boy doll seemed the most logical choice, especially since she had been so very fond of Taylor. That afternoon, Tony's brother picked up the doll and a gift card at Walmart and brought them to the house, thinking it would be a diff would be diff what. We know you're a dead little girl, but we figured we'd get you a gift card to the Walmart. Go down and buy yourself something cool. <laughs> well, I don't think a, I'm going to go buy shoes. Yeah. I think it was actually like a card, like not a right, like like a a, card like for a the gift. Greeting. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I knew where you were coming from, but I was trying to make it funny. Yes. Smart ass. <laughs> we got you a GameStop card, kid. Yep. I can't use it. Son of a bitch. That's okay. You wouldn't get you anything for it anyway. <laughs> we were going to trade your shit in, but it ain't worth it. So thinking it would be difficult for her to take the tape off the box and the many twist ties off the doll itself, I did so. So she took them all off and returned the doll back to its package. Okay. Okay. She says, I then enclosed the box, wrapped it up with colorful wrapping paper, and put it on the floor in the corner of the nursery, which had been designated as hers. The box sat there seemingly untouched for weeks after for week after week after week. There were several times I had thought about unwrapping it for her, but hadn't gotten around to it because I was also thinking that I wanted to do wanted it to be something she did. If, in fact, she could. As a child, there is nothing more exciting than to unwrap a present. One day, I walked into the nursery to grab a few supplies to change the baby who was with me in the master bedroom. 
After returning to the baby, I realized that I had forgotten something and returned to the nursery. As I approached the room, I noticed something had changed but couldn't put my finger on it. When I got to the doorway, I could clearly see that what had changed. Lying in the middle of the crib was a the little boy doll that I had wrapped several weeks earlier. It certainly was not there when I had entered the room only minutes prior. I immediately looked over at the place in which I had set the wrap box, and there it sat in the same exact place and position, and it had been in since I had set it down weeks prior. I did not touch a thing, but waited for Tony's brother to get home from work. I called him to explain what had happened, and he asked and, and asked him to come over to the house to observe and be witness to my investigating the box further. When he arrived, I carefully showed him the box, and, get, and together we inspected the tape areas to see if the tape had been released prior. It had not. I then opened one end of the box, whereas I found one of the flaps bent awkwardly outwards. As a meticulous person, I did not have, did not have, a, would not have allowed the packaging to be bent when originally placed. The when I originally placed the doll in the box, not to mention that a bent flap would have made a noticeable bulge in the box which had been very apparent in the wrapping process, or would have been very apparent. Of course it would have. Um, this bought about a barrage of questions. How is it possible to remove something from its packaging and have no telltale signs? How could the doll appear in a, in a matter of minutes where it had not been before? Yeah. How hard was it for the spirit to accomplish? Had she been working at this task for over the course of weeks? Was this gift for Sally accepted as a peace offering? Hmm. Strange shit. So they took the doll out of the packaging. Obviously took all the securing stuff out of it, put it back in the thing, gift wrapped it, Uh and then left it. Yes. And then put it in a corner that was designated as her corner. Right, so they, they left it in one spot, and then... All of a sudden, it's fucking open and out of the box. Yes. It is out of the box and in the crib. Don't like that. <laughs> Don't like that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. So now here's another one I kind of chose out of, the, out of the mix. Tony actually sees Sally. For the first time. As far as Tony was concerned, October 31st, 1993 was a morning that just like any other morning. He had worked third shift and gotten off at nine, uh, 7 a.m. He had gone home and gone into the kitchen to get something to drink before taking a few minutes to unwind. Unfortunately, things changed very quickly. He got a glass from the cupboard and turned around to see a little girl standing across the kitchen just beyond the wood block in the center of the room. His first thought was, who was this child, and why is she in my kitchen? A split second later, the realization kicked in. The clothes in which she was dressed were not of 1993. He dropped the glass, 
which had been in his hand, and it shattered on the floor. He looked down when he heard the noise, and when he looked back up, she was gone. As no, fast as no. she, <laughs> uh-uh. yeah, as fast as he could, he ran up the stairs to where uh, I had been sleeping in the master bedroom. His bounding up the stairs had awoken me just before he busted into the room. Partly scared, partly excited, and very much so out of breath, he repeated, I, I saw, I saw, saw who, I asked. Sally. While he reached to, the, to catch his breath, he went on to tell me exactly what had happened. We went... That we went, we spent the next twenty to thirty minutes going over his experience, while I pummeled him with questions. What did she look like? What was she wearing? What did she, did she say anything or do anything? Could he see through her, etc.? Right. Yeah. In uh. answering a multiple multitude of questions, he went on to describe her as following. She looked just as real as you and I, innocent looking and sweet. She had a surprised look on her face as if she was just as curious. She wasn't scary looking at all. She had short brown hair pulled up with a bow that sat on top of her head, a round face, and big eyes. She was in a fancy dress of lace, which made it apparent that she was well-to-do, or at least well-taken care of. Why am I picturing that miserable little bitch from Little House on the Prairie? The little blonde girl? That was just a, Nelly? Yeah, just an asshole to everybody. <laughs> yeah, but then she became really super sweet as she got older. Yeah, she was, her... still, she was still a prick, though. No, she wasn't. No, like when she was a kid. Yeah. She was a huge prick. Yeah, and then, then her husband basically was like, nah, I'm not going to fucking take that. He really, He really wasn't. No. no. So we'll cut some of the realism out of the show. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Here. Uh, brown hair pulled back. Um, so when when asked how tall she was, Tony said uh, he wasn't really sure about my chest height. Tony's about five five, but it couldn't. He, he I couldn't be sure if her feet were on the ground. He said. He went on to say that she didn't say anything or do anything. She just stood there staring at him. When the glass broke, she must have disappeared when he looked at down at it because she was gone when he looked up, and there was no sign at all that she had been there. So, I'm like, I don't like this. No. I'm like, holy fuck. All right, so this one... I I read and I went holy fuck as I was reading it and Kevin was like what what I was like like I was like you want to hear about this I'll start reading it to you and he's like no 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 I want to hear about it on the show live so I can get an honest reaction so um this is uh kind of like one of the one of the last ones and then we'll get on to some other little things yeah from here um so. This is entitled A Normal Morning. I won't actually say what the real title is. One morning during the spring of 1994, I got up for work and went to the dryer to retrieve an item or two I wanted to wear that day. I placed a basket in front of the dryer to catch any clothes as 
I fumbled through those inside of the dryer. Being in a rush from, for time, I left the dryer open in some of the clothes in the basket. Tony woke up after I left for work and seeing the clothes in the, from the dryer decided to fold them. The clothes, however, were still damp, so he threw them back in, all in to the dryer and turned it on for one cycle of 90 minutes. A short time 90 later... 90 minute dryer cycle? Yep. God damn, dude. The fucking energy efficiency was not not uh, important back then because like the, the most mine does is 55 minutes. And that shit is dry. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know, man. So a short time later, he decided to run the vacuum in the living room. He pulled it out, set it up, and turned it on. Like many of the other electronics item, electronic items in the house, it almost immediately turned itself off without human interact, intervention. In the background, he was able to hear the dryer tumbling and heavy thump, thump, thump coming from inside it. He guessed that I was washing a pair of tennis shoes and thought nothing of it. Mm-hmm. He then turned the vacuum back on again, only to have it turned off again. This process repeated a few times more until finally he was rather pissed and yelled, Sally, knock it off and leave the vacuum alone. The vacuum did not turn off anymore that afternoon. Oh, surprising. However, Tony reported to me about his experience when I got home later that afternoon. The washer and dryer were in the kitchen, so that evening to- evening while Tony got dinner ready, I decided to fold clothes. I opened the dryer and began taking things out of out only to find that everything I pulled out had odd brown spots on it. I realized I was I was really puzzled for a minute, a few minutes, and then it hit me. I suddenly realized that the brown spots looked awful like blood. dried blood. Ah, oh, damn it. And a moment later, I realized that the only way blood could get all over everything in the dryer was if one of my cats had gotten into the dryer before Tony turned it on. Ruh-roh. I slowly stepped away from the dryer and screamed. It took hours for me to calm down from the horror I saw in the dryer. In retrospect, we believe that Sally was aware that the cat was in the dryer and tried to warn or make Tony aware of this by turning the dryer off. Uh. Yeah, turning the, well, vacuum off, not the dryer. Later that night, after regaining some composure, I began to realize Sally's actions and how terrible she must feel that the cat died. I tried to let her know that I, it wasn't her fault and that Tony, Tony simply wasn't understanding what she had been trying to tell him. Oh, as soon as I read this, I was like, oh my god, you dumbass. Why didn't you just take heed? She's not there charming you at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, oh, fuck. <sighs> um, no, I, I did read. I was reading some accounts and stuff. Um, on that people that paranormal researchers that actually had gone to this house, one person actually which had, there's been a pile of yeah them. one ex- one actually had experienced uh, I think they were on the stairs, and they felt like someone was like 
pushing at their back like an adult and someone had, was actually grabbing a hold of their uh their ankle but like a little kid i'm like Weird. oh fuck that now um they actually had done some evp work in the house since they left because they've been they actually left the house um it's been well at this point let's see almost pushing 30 years they're close to it since they've actually left the house right they won't go back in um they still own it though correct yeah okay yeah now they have done actually some um evp work there and they've actually caught some names in the house over the years one of the first names is uh agnes finney as kevin said mm-hmm. um then they actually caught brandon which is a dominant male who actually i guess they say could get pissy at times at time to time but was actually funny others um, and he actually actually because he likes to pull pranks on kids, <laughs> um, because he likes to kind of like make them laugh. The next one was Charles Finney. Um, now this was funny that they said that he was an older spirit who sounded a bit feminine. Um, and it's because they found out that they think that he was a he he was a cross dresser. Yeah, there, there's. He would dress like a woman to enter skating competitions. Yes, I was just gonna bring that up because he, yeah, he had entered a co- uh, competition as, uh, like a a pairs thing. Yeah, and he was so fucking dominant. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. He was such a dominant male figure skater that they wouldn't let him join again. So he started dressing up as women. And yep. changing his voice to enter the, the, the skating competitions. Uh, and I bet he fucking stomped those chicks out. Now. Triple sow cows and all that shit. Yeah. The next one Brian is. Brian Boitano, motherfucker. <laughs> what would Brian Boitano do if he were here today? Anyway. He so, should, I'm sure he'd kick an ass or two. <laughs> oh, so man. the next spirit was that they picked up was uh, Edith. Um, and I'm not sure how they got her name. But they say that she's not – that she like, kind of like won't really answer. So I don't know how they really got her name. Okay. But – Just passing they, through. But they feel that she's senile. So, oh, crazy old lady. Okay. Yeah. Then there's Ethel, who's a former owner. Uh, then there was Frank Jr. and Frank Sr. Um, who – Frank Jr., Actually died at the hands of his mother. Yikes! Yeah, she, yeah. She uh, she, she turned the gas on because they lived in Kansas City at the time. She turned the gas on in the room as they slept, and he died. Uh, but she didn't, correct? No. Okay. His mother was Johanna was, Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. She was nuts. She was married to, yeah. yeah she her father, her son, her father, her husband was Frank Senior. Yep. Um. Now that was one of those little details I didn't put in there because I'm like it doesn't seem important, and then you brought it up, and yeah. I'm like, oh wait, no, I read that. I yeah. read about that one. Um. Now Frank often says, 
uh, from time to time that he is sitting in this circle, which, if you remember right, um, the circle of toys. The circle of toys. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Um, now his father doesn't come through often, but he seems to come around to soothe things over with his wife, Joanna Barnes, because mm. she can get a little bitchy. And how I read it is that Senior has to calm her ass down. Now, here's what I'm curious about. What draws all of these spirits back there that didn't die in the house? What brings them back? I don't know. That's the part that I I still don't understand. I don't know. Because there's so many of these people that they're finding that died elsewhere, but they're back there. Yeah. Then there's another one that comes through. Um... The brother of Charles Finney, um, James is James because because yep. he actually built the house next door. Yes, yep, we talked about and that. And actually sold it to Johanna. Um, now they, uh, then they have Mary and M. C. Finney who come across as well. Okay. Um, uh, the next one is Paul. Who was a young slave boy? He once came through saying that he was lynched. Well, that sucks. They say that uh, he is a bit of a show off and will do stuff for you. The next person is Reuben Smith, who actually owned the land before the Finneys. Okay. Um, the next pair are possibly related somehow. And they are Ryan and Sally. They don't really know. Um, but Sally is... Is our Sally. Is our Sally. Right. Uh, they say that, that they're either Scottish or English. Uh, Ryan doesn't Scottish. say much. And Sally has been confirmed to say... Have said daddy. And this is the... Uh, <clears throat> and then... That's how they got the, you know, because it sounded sounds Scottish or okay. English. Uh, the next definitely to last, English. She didn't say, "Ah, yeah, we cunt." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next to last is Tom Burns, and this one, people don't know if it's two. There's two different people for possibility. Um, they don't know which one it is. There's a Thomas Bernard Burns, which is spelled B R Y N E S. Mm-hmm. Or there's a Thomas V. Burn, which is spot the same, but without the uh, the S. They okay, both so you have a Burns and a Burn. Well, it's actually supposed to be Burn. I'm sorry, I I mispronounced. Okay, okay, okay. Um, they both lived in the town, and they have a connection to Doctor Finney, either through business or uh, they were patients. Patients of his. Okay. Um, now the last voice to come through is, it says Wanda, and there's nothing to that's known about her. Who the fuck's Wanda? Yeah, but when they call her, she answers. So that's Charles Finney's like ice skater persona. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Oh my. So yeah, that's kind of uh some of uh, Tony and Deborah who are the most uh. Um. Oh, current, current. At this point, yeah. Yeah, and if you guys actually want to read more on um, their website, it's fucking awesome. On their stuff, you can go over to their website, which is the 
Sally, S-A-L-L-I-E, house.com. And you can check all their, you know, yeah. their stuff out. I mean, they have a lot of uh, blog, you know, they, blog they've stuff. They've put a lot of work and, into that. Yeah. With the amount of information that they have up on their website. It's really cool. Yes. Now. And you can also, actually, you can stay there, too. They have, uh, oh. you can uh, you can buy tickets and stay there overnight and stuff. Hmm. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hmm. So now we had actually, when uh, we put this poll out. And everybody was choosing things. This fucker snuck in at the like in the like yeah. the eleventh hour. Yes. <laughs> um, because I had already started on the other one, and it was like, oh man, this is going to be a short episode. Yeah. And Kevin's like, check the poll, and it's like, oh thank Christ, it's the Sally House. Yes. <laughs> we have information on this one. Uh, we actually had a one of our fellow listeners, yeah, uh, buddy, you know, come through and um. You know, said that, hey, I've been here, so you might want to, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll share stuff with you. And I mean, uh, he's from there. so Yeah, Mike. Close. So, Mike Dickerson. So, I asked him, hey, you want to share your, you know, your encounters and stuff? And he's like, sure, actually. You know what? I'll do you one better. Um, I'll share. I'll have my wife share hers because she had more. And I will share my, my stuff from the house we stayed at when we actually went there. So do we want to start off with? Yeah, start off with Mike's and uh, I'll read his wife's okay. afterwards. Okay. Um, so <laughs> this is from Mike. <laughs> and it says, uh, this, his headline is the Sally house in Atchison. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so this is email. Really appreciate you guys reaching out to us. I am always happy to help where I can. Plus, you two are pretty fucking awesome. Oh, thanks. I mean, I know. So <laughs> thanks anyway, I guess. Uh, he goes on to say, this was August 2019. Hillbilly Horror Stories was coming to Atchison to do a live show as well as an overnight investigation at the Sally house with our good buddy, Justin Rimmel. Oh, that guy, that, that fucking guy. I've heard of him somewhere. I don't know where, but well, you he's know. got a crush on him. So I'd hope you've heard of him. <laughs> Listen, him and his eyes. <laughs> his eyes. <laughs> Whoa. That's a new one. I would never said you've mentioned his eyes before, buddy. Have I? You have. I don't think I have. I'm like, man, um, maybe his beard, his beard's pretty good. I mean, but anyway, I'm just jealous. Anybody's beard's better than yours, though. It is. I don't have one. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway. That's why your beard sucks, because you don't have one. Shut up. You're mean. Your beard's shit. Oh. Naked-faced fuck. I hate you. <laughs> anyway, so the live show being uh, this close to Kansas City, I had to talk my wife into going with me. It was her B-Day weekend, so a lot of groveling and pleading happened. We invited our good friend, Michelle. She's kind of a supernatural slash paranormal magnet, and she loves this shit as much as I do. Now that we had the mystery crew assembled, <laughs> mystery crew assemble, <laughs> away we went. Michelle secured an Airbnb and scouted the town all out the week before. We live in... Kansas City, Missouri. So I almost got fucking. I was like, 
KCMO. What the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, dumbass. That's Kansas City, Missouri. You live oh. in a radio station? <laughs> <laughs> Case, this is KCMO. Am I wrong? I know. <laughs> of course, it's out of fucking Cincinnati or some shit. Of course, I'm saying Missouri like, a, you know. You know. Uh, I don't know. Like someone who was born and raised in the north. Yeah. Like you should be saying it. Well, on the east coast. Yeah. It should be Missouri. Sorry. First of all, that's racist when you do it that way. I don't know how, but it is. Just don't do it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we live in Kansas City, Missouri, so we're about an hour south of Atchison. This is a great uh, great day trip kind of spot. Anyway, the rental was anyway, the rental was a bat was a badass restored Victorian with the creepiest basement I've ever seen. Picture every horror movie basement, you've got it. Yeah. I saw a picture that you took yeah, from the. I, I, saw, I, I saw his picture from. I the, found some pictures of it online, and that basement is freaking creepy. Like what? my basement's like half creepy. That one's all creepy. No, 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 no. This is from the Airbnb that you oh, went to. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, never mind. Yeah, I'm burying the lead here. Yeah, this is from the Airbnb. Um, there's a pretty freaky fucking basement, and I actually told him that I was like, I've seen ba- plenty of basements that look like that. So that night, uh, we went out to dinner. Came back, played cards, board games, drank a lot. Normal fare. Pretty normal. Uh, pretty normal fare. Throughout the evening, we had seen some... Oh, excuse me. Throughout the evening, we had been seeing things out the, cor- out the corner of our eyes. Quick flashes of light, movement, shadows. At one point, I saw s- smoking smoke floating by. Nobody smoked in the house and no candles were lit. I know what you're thinking, and no, it wasn't because we were drinking. Trust me. I was thinking it was actually because you were fucking smoking something else, but, you know, whatever. I hey, man, I've that. seen plenty of weird shit sober, so. <laughs> yeah, but you've seen plenty of weird shit fucking stone, too. You saw a portal. I did, actually. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> this is why I'm, I should not be allowed to have the marijuana, because. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to handle it. Like, my brain's just like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Which is also why I refuse to try hallucinogenics, because I don't trust my brain with nothing else in it. Yeah. So That seems like a real bad idea to throw that shit together. Yeah. It goes on to say, trust me, after everything that happened that night, the drinking really increased. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Understandable. Oh, of course. (laughs) With all the activity well, we were getting, we decided to get out the camera and see if we can catch something on film. We reviewed our photos. We had legit orbs, not dust. Normally, I poo-poo orbs, but I couldn't hear. There were blue and greenish in color. They were blue and greenish in color with swirling patterns. They surrounded our f- friend's dog in the doorways for whatever reason. The dog what were the dogs weren't frightened. They seemed happy and relaxed. So we assumed everything had to be good. Our friend Michelle always takes mirror pictures at haunted locations. With the energy uptick, she started snapping pics. They were definitely strange things in the mirror. They looked similar to the orbs. Blue bluish green in color almost squid-like in shape. Okay, that's weird. Slightly uh, pulsing, and you have to look at the Because usually picture. when I think orbs, I think round. 
you have to look at these pic. You have to look at the picture. Okay. I'm telling you. I'm trying to get it pulled up here. You have to look at from one to another to another. I didn't at first see it. I thought it was actually lens flare. I gotta t- I gotta be truly honest. And I think I told that to Mike. I thought it was lens flare. Then I looked again, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, there's that the moved. Oh, that that moved substantially. Yeah. Between all what, three of them, I, I think? mean, in the picture, it moves what looks like, honestly, probably, probably, I wouldn't say maybe a foot, more? maybe, maybe, uh, four to six inches, but it it definitely moved, and the lens, the the, the lens stuff is staying right where it was with each shot. Yeah, but I, the orb itself is moving away from. Well, I thought it the was person like, in the, I thought it in was the mirror lens flare from, um the other person take the shots no dude that's that's different because yeah. uh that's wild holy shit uh, goes on to say they had to be uh flashing we kept seeing uh we kept seeing between each picture the light was moving and following me michelle stayed still and took about 10 rapid fire pictures all in the same spot i've included the three uh, where we actually have anomalies, and like I just had Kevin actually look at them. We'll actually we'll share these onto the um, oh for the sure page for sure. Yeah. After the in, uh, initial rush of energy faded, uh, let me read that again. After the initial rush of energy faded, we sat back down, super energized, and decided to keep playing slash drinking. No chance of sleep happening at this point. No. After a couple of hours and several more glasses of uh, liquid courage. Michelle, Michelle, and I decided because we're quote smart to, <laughs> to go into the basement. I also am quote smart. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's probably about two a.m. at this point. Crystal, my wife, strongly suggested we don't do that. But remember, <laughs> we're quote smart. So naturally, we didn't listen. We open the door, shine our lights down the steps, and this malevolent, angry energy starts rushing up the stairs. So, yeah, no, don't like that. No, you could just feel the electricity and danger it was throwing off. The dogs all freaked out. Uh, Violet, Violet, the tough pit bull, ran and jumped in my wife's arms for protection. My wife was standing in the doorway between the hall and the living room, yelling at us, telling how dumb we were. At that time, our friend Michelle was frozen. At the top of the stairs, all she could say was, close the door. Yeah, no over fucking shit. and over. Panic increasing in her voice each time. I got the door shut and locked it about as fast as I could. Goosebumps all over. The entire atmosphere in the house changed for the rest of the weekend. It went from fun and calm to nervous, borderline panic type energy. It was pretty tough sleeping uh, sleeping that night and the remaining nights. With the constant feeling of being watched in, in, in studied. Needless to say, my wife wasn't pleased with either of us. She was just there, 
quote, for the ride. She wasn't ready for this shit. <laughs> Michelle and I were there for the experience. This is what we were hoping for. We did find out later from the head of the Atchison Tourism Board our rental used to be on their haunted trolley tour nice. until it got purchased and rehabbed. Good to know after the fact. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that was one day for Atchison. Uh, the whole town was a vibe for to it. That's hard to define. It's foreboding feeling like something could happen at any moment. Strung out looking people wandering around the streets at all hours and talking to themselves on street corners. There's an uh, energetic buzz everywhere you go, like static electricity. It's a great spot. We will be back for round two and a rematch. Hope you enjoy the story. I've still got more paranormal experiences, and I'd love to share them with you sometime. I hope so, too. My wife will share her experiences at the Sally House in a separate story. Pack some uh, clean panties. <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, you'll need them. I'm one step ahead of you. I don't wear any, so I need to bring whole new pants. Yeah. <laughs> he says, P.S. Kevin C., I sent some pics to Kevin H. already, setting my wife's story and pics shortly. Thanks. Sincerely. Mike Dickerson. Damn. Thanks, Mike, for Holy that. Shit, so dude. now we're going to read your wife's. Yeah. Kevin's going to read that one. Yes. Uh, this is from Crystal. Um, it says, How- <laughs> hi, my name is Crystal, Mike's wife. However, you should know that hi, he. Hi, Crystal, Mike's <laughs> wife. <laughs> you should know he uh, that he is really Mickey. He <laughs> hey uh, Mickey, you're so yeah. <laughs> All his friends call him Mickey, and I know he li- really likes, uh, likes you because he talks about you and your podcast all the time. <laughs> so. I appreciate that. I'm like, kind of like, I, I like feel like a little red faced. I'm I like, know. wow, somebody likes oh, our show. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little flushed. Yeah. I was like, shit. So there's more than just me that talks about this shit me all too. the fucking time. Yeah. Well, my wife is probably to the point where she's like, will you just stop talking about the bullshit you do? I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah, but I talk about it and you're like, Kevin, shut the fuck up. Yeah, dude. Uh, Jesus. Stop because I don't want it. people I work with to know what I do with my private time because it's none of their fucking business. Yeah, but I don't talk to people you work with. No, but like, that's why I don't do it. Oh. Because the people I work with would be like, fucking nerd and be like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Shut up. Eat a dick. Anyway. That and then they would actually see the actual fucking. They they know customer (laughs) service, Kevin. They don't know Ah, the fucking face behind the the mask. The man behind the veil. Yeah. The fucking disgusting little shit monster that exists behind the customer service mask. (laughs) You asshole. Yeah, it is what it is. Take a drink and you fucking said that. All right. Anyway. All right. So, continuing on. He told me that you're interested in hearing about our trip to Atchison, Kansas in 2019. It was an interesting trip. It was my birthday weekend. Oh, this is her birthday. We're getting it, we're getting it from her side this time. Oh. And I didn't want to do this kind of thing because of the, uh because of all the ghost hunting shows. In my opinion, they are so fake. I constantly catch myself rolling my eyes. Me too. <laughs> Especially that fucking ghost douche with his tight shirts. Oh Jesus. Um, I don't think anything would happen because uh, because of how unbelievable those shows are, but I am a very open person and consider myself to be empath- uh, em- empathic and intuitive. I tried to close. Uh, oh shit! I tried to close myself before we arrived because I've had several supernatural experiences throughout my childhood. Well, it didn't work. 
<laughs> I was the most affected of the three of us. When we pulled up to the house, I told Mickey that it felt heavy, but nothing else. As we entered, I still didn't feel anything, and I thought, what a waste of money. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> we were there with a small group, and we were given a guided tour of the house. We started in the kitchen, and and on the table, there was a picture of a doll, and it felt like it pierced my soul. We continued to the basement, and once you got down there, it was creepy, but that was about it. We listened to the guide tell stories about some college kids that rented the house. They painted a pentagram on the floor and performed satanic rituals, which, of course, they did because it's a fucking haunted house because that's what everybody does. Uh, but now it's just a black spot on the floor because it was paint. They painted over the pentagram, which I don't know if paint stops the devil. I'm not quite sure either. I think, I think technically you would have to put like a layer of like kills over it first, like the, the, the sealant and then maybe prime it and paint it. Or do you have to burn it? I, I think two coats of paint after the primer, just to get good coverage locks it in. Okay. I don't know. I we, I'd have to consult Supernatural to. Is it that? I know if you throw a carpet over it, you can cat you can trap demons. Get oh. to paint your shit on the floor, and then throw a carpet over it. Hmm, that's true. But they always have just enough time for it to dry, uh-huh. and then move the carpet back over it. Hmm. Which I don't understand how that works. Right. It's like they're on a fucking schedule or something. It's like it's, it's it's like it's a TV show, and they only have forty two minutes to get it done. I mean, honestly, come on. It's crazy. Man. After that, we walked up to the second floor and into the bedrooms. The, uh, yeah. the first door you see is the nursery, and then down the short hall is the master bedroom. Mickey and Michelle went into that room and started using the dowsing rods. I felt drawn to the nursery, so I just left. When I came into the nursery, everyone was standing along, uh, everyone was standing along the walls. In the middle of the room, there were several stuffed animals, a rubber ball, REM pod, and a phone running a REM spirit pod. box. Yeah. Then an REM. Whatever. REO Speedwagon pod. <laughs> an REM pod. <laughs> it's at me in the corner. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. Uh, okay. So a REM pod, a phone running a spirit box app. I sat on the bed near the, uh, near the street side window. I noticed three children's necklaces laying on the window ledge. I just sat and listened to everyone talk. Or so I thought. I couldn't take my eyes off the REM pod. It had a red light, and I couldn't stop staring at it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't fucking love him. <laughs> you alright, buddy? <laughs> Listen, I'm fucking tired. And I can't read, so fuck you. Uh, very rarely am I the butt of the jokes on this show, but yeah, I, I fully accept it. <laughs> uh, any quote of the night, Aria Pod. Uh. <laughs> oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say I hate you, but I don't hate you nearly as much as I hate myself. <laughs> All right. I felt paralyzed and my mind was foggy. It didn't make sense. I took a video during the time frame. I can hear myself interacting, asking questions to the spirit box with everyone else getting involved. I don't really remember that happening. Mickey said it definitely doesn't sound like me in the video either. 
completely different mannerisms. Stop me in the corner. When I, while I was there, I noticed someone picking up one of the necklaces and immediately the spirit box and REM pod, REM pod, <laughs> and REM pod went crazy. Don't touch the fucking necklace. Yes. The lights were blinking fast and the spirit box said no and then down. <laughs> the fuck? It's not yours. <laughs> yeah. Put it down. Fuck that. Oh, boy. Well, Sally's like, uh, no. I could tell the person was freaked out, obviously. Yeah. She put it down and left the room, but I couldn't move. People were leaving, but not me. I was stuck. Eventually, Mickey came and found me and said, let's go back to the basement since people had started to leave. We would have uh, we would have more room to move around. <clears throat> we would have more room to move around. I remembered walking downstairs and feeling a little strange. We got to the basement, and I just sat down while Mickey and our friend walked around. Then I noticed... I was in the black spot again. Fuck that. (laughs) I was going back upstairs and I was ready to go. I went to the dining room and sat in a chair and started taking pictures of the room and, uh, and then a few selfies about that time. Mickey walked up and said, let's go. We looked back at those pictures, the selfies. I don't look like myself. My eyes changed and I looked run down. I don't recall how long I sat there before he popped up. When we got outside, I started feeling really bad. I was so hot and very tired. I'm sorry. I was so very hot and very tired. I felt heavy and I really needed to lay down. Once we got back to our Airbnb, I could hardly stand. And as soon as we opened the, uh, opened the door, I plopped down on the couch. The next thing, uh, the next thing to happen was strange. Our friend's dog, uh, Malachi, I think, I think that's how that is. Okay. Who was, who was living one of his last days. He was very old. He picked up his head and stared at me and whined. Then he somehow got up enough energy and hopped up on the couch with me and laid on top of me and wouldn't stop licking me. He never did that. It's a good dog. He sent something. He knows you're, he knows you're hurting. He's like, uh, I got you. Send something. Yeah. Uh, About 30 minutes later, I was fine. The dog helped. I'm sure. Absolutely. One hundred percent. But I never, I never felt, I never really felt alone. That night, every time I closed my eyes, all I could see was that doll. I felt like it was following me. I felt okay the rest of the trip, just a little off. But was some, uh, but was something with me? Did I bring it home? I don't know. But for the next several months, our lives were going haywire, and everything was going wrong. Eventually, things got back to quote normal until COVID hit. That is fucking terrifying. You stayed in a, quote, haunted house. Yeah. You went to a haunted house. Oh, man. Bad juju. That's that's crazy. Like, we don't mean to laugh through the story, but, like, no. you, you have to understand, I can't read. So yeah, that's mean, what cracked us up is the fact that I, said, am, I am a dumb person. He said REO. Yes. And they also said REO uh, Speedwagon Pod. Yes. So, yes. Um, no, that's, mean, that's a fucking crazy story. And, like, we got the same kind of story from two different perspectives. Yeah. And, uh, goddamn. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the when uh, Mike was talking about the dog with the lights, yeah, he actually had well, sent us pictures with that, and uh, you can actually see, I believe it's almost like three little lights. Yeah, on the dog. Yeah, on the dog. When, but there's two different pictures. When I first looked at it, I thought there were spots. Like, well, the fir- the yeah. second one, I thought there was spots too, but I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a first one by, by the door. 
where the dog's laying down there, near the door. There's three spots on it. And then there's another one where he's standing in front of the door and there's three spots on it in a different location. Okay, so you so you think that, that the one that where he's uh, laying down has the three spots too. Yes, there's a spot by his collar and then there's two close to each other just behind his uh, his left shoulder. They're kind of diagonal from each other. Okay, because I... And then when he's standing up, there's one... I'm going to discount the one behind him because that looks like light reflecting off the door itself. But there's definitely one on his belly and up on his chest. And then obviously his eyes. Yeah. That You guys had some crazy shit happen at that house. That is intense. Yeah. I mean... Wow. I can't stop looking at these pictures. These are absolutely... Uh, I mean, that basement is creepy as fuck. Like, I've got a half-creepy basement. And like I said, that one's way worse than mine. I mean, the house looks like something that we'd find around here. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, it it, it just looks like a house. I mean, you'd walk past it, you know... It's the kind of place where if you lived in that town and you didn't know anything, you'd walk by that house and not assume anything was up with it. But the, like the, the the jellyfish. I mean, I like that little archway it's got out front. But yeah, that is really weird. Like the, Im- yeah. the jellyfish thing. Yeah. And then you had the image beside it that actually moves too. Yeah. I was like, that that's was- crazy. I, I I can't. I mean, I would love to go there at some point just to try to experience something for myself. Yeah. Because I mean. I, I can say yes, I believe it all day long, but it's different when you f- actually experience it. Yeah, it's ki- it's almost a life changing experience when you oh shit shit when you have something like that happen and yes. it kind of confirms any kind of belief that you had where you're like like maybe this stuff's real and then you have something happening and you go this is definitely real and it kind of opens your eyes to go what else is potentially real that everybody keeps saying is bullshit. Yeah. That's you very know? true. Very, very true. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. <clears throat> I mean, man. Yeah, so we're definitely putting those pictures up because, uh, holy shit. Uh, as soon as I looked at them, I was like, whoa, what the, f-? and I, at first then I was like, it looked like lens flare for that, the, the pictures out of the thing. I'm like, like no. there, there is definitely some. But then I looked, I looked again and I went. Whoa. There's definitely some lens flare against the mirror, which you get anyway, but it's it's not in the lens flare where this where you're seeing the stuff. It's it's off off from it. Yeah. So it makes you wonder. I mean, like I said, there's definitely some lens flare there, but I don't think it's causing it because that is changing shape and moving. Yeah. And when you look at it, the lens flare is saying the same general shape and size in the same spot, except yep. for maybe a little bit of movement from, you know, adjusting your hand a little bit, like subconscious movement that you don't even realize you're doing to exactly. take a picture. That's fucking crazy. Wow. Um, thank you guys so much for sending those yes, in. I definitely. Mean, thank you so much. <laughs> I gave myself goosebumps. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, um, that's shit. It's just, it's, uh, damn, damn, damn. I mean, so we've, I mean, I, I mean, we've had our own experiences and, you know, we've had different things. I mean, I've, I could have swore that at the haunted house, you know, when we were up there, Shelby and I thought we saw a head poke out of the 
one of the rooms. I keep having shit happen here. Like I've got my my earbuds out on my out in my nook where I paint my minis and stuff. Yep. The case was out there with the earbuds in it because I had them there to charge, sitting on top of my little uh, divider. Which I mean, you have to you have to flip the case open and take the earbuds out. They don't just fall out. Yeah. I came up here the other night, and my earbuds were sitting on my keyboard with the container out there closed, right where I left it. Are you sure you didn't have them in here? I swear to God, I, I I've I have not honestly I've never even put those in my ears yet. Hmm. And I came in and they were sitting on my keyboard. Hmm. So I mean, we're, the stuff that happens here isn't like malicious. No, it's just strange. You know. It, I seem to have a lot of it happen in here. I don't know if we are <laughs> with the shit that we talk about, if we are potentially inviting something in, I have no idea, but I, we've had some, we've had weird shit happen in this house since the day we moved in. Yeah. And every time I've messaged the previous owners and like, Hey, did you guys ever have anything weird happen here? And they're like, like what? And I explain stuff. They just stop responding. So they've had some shit happen in this house. I'm just surprised we've never caught anything like, I mean, on our mics or whatever. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, we we potentially have, but just with the amount of other noises going on, yeah, we just kind of negate it. Yeah, like with the you know table moving or cars driving by outside or just the house settling or critters in the attic. Yeah, we've probably caught actually caught something, and we just fucking you know. Well, Passed it along the wayside just because it's it's just background noise. Yeah, I mean, well, we've all we've all had something. I mean, you know, you've had something here. You know, you and your what, you and your wife Shelby, you guys had something. You've had, you guys had something here because you own the house. Yeah, but I mean, hell, yeah, I come here what one time, two times, maybe three. Yeah, maybe two, three times a week at the yeah, most. At the most, because I don't like having you around. Yeah, and. Well, I mean, I've had a few experiences here. Yeah, myself. But but nothing like what they sent in. That is, no. that that's intense. Like I want to experience that. I mean, well, we've we I mean we've seen figures. We've seen you know. I mean, I've seen a fucking, you know, a figure go across your living room. Right. No, but I mean, I I want to. Places like this, I, I'm always a little skeptical about yeah. because of how much hype goes into it. Yeah. That's why I've always wanted to go to a place like that and actually have an experience to go, okay, it's real. There's a reason that it's hyped up the way it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, like with Salem. You know, when we went there, part of it you could feel like a, a bit of energy. Yeah, oh, yeah, know? for sure. You could definitely feel energy. Yeah. There's a lot of static, you know. But then you also, it's like the other 80% of it is like kitschy, like touristy shit. Yeah. Which I fucking love, by the way. Absolutely love doing weird touristy shit. Love it. But I, I, I still like wanted the... to like cruise around there at like three in the morning and be like, just walk down some side alley and see some weird shit going on and be like, oh, fuck. Dude, that's and like sneak in and be like, hey, guys, what you doing? I'm just going to hang out. That's what I'm saying. I, I, want, I want to go you there. You trying to get the devil? Cool, fucking, I'm in. <laughs> I, I want to when I go again. I want to stay downtown. I want to stay in Salem itself, 
so that we can, you know, fucking go out. And I want to stay at one of the most haunted fucking places there. Honestly, I want to get fucking tr- like train wreck drunk and just walk around and see what's up. <laughs> I think that'd be a fucking hoot. Yep. But anyway, so that is the Sally House. It is the Sally House. Um, this episode was actually quite a bit longer than I expected it to be. Just from my half of the research, I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be a fair. This be a nice, nice tight like you know, hour, hour twenty. Here we are, two hours later. <laughs> um, a lot of shit goes on in yeah, the this fucking place. I, honestly, know? I didn't expect that much, but holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, since Kevin done a lot of talking, why don't you go over to studio.com and grab yourself some headphones or earbuds or maybe a cool speaker. And while you're there, take whatever you want, put it in your cart, go to checkout, put in Dark Windows 15 at the promo code and get 15% off your entire order. And then if you can't find it, if you, if for some reason you can't find their website, you can definitely find darkwindowspod.com. That's our website. We've got links to everything that we have. We've got links to our studio page, our buddies over there. We've got links to all of our social media for Facebook and Twitter. I'm sorry. Twitter doesn't exist for us anymore. Uh, you, our Facebook and Instagram. We um, still have Twitter. We still have Twitter, but I just accidentally use it for other things because I forget that I don't have my own Twitter and I use the show's Twitter to respond to stuff for tabletop wargaming and whatnot. Um, but we also have links to our age of radio page, age of radio page where you can go listen to every episode of this ridiculous shit that we've ever recorded. And you can find your next favorite podcast over there. They've got something for everybody, depending on what mood you're in. We've got true crime. We've got, unexplainable stuff we've got fantasy baseball fantasy football there's homebrew beer shows mm-hmm. there's a little bit of everything we've got uh we've got comic books everything there's it's a melting pot of topics i would say i would say a plethora yeah i think that we are potentially the furthest east in the united states on there though i challenge anybody to be further east than us there's going to be someone, some assholes going to be like, I'm further east. Yeah, no, you're not. Fuck y'all. <laughs> um, but yeah, go check it out. There's all kinds of cool stuff over there. Um, and before we go too far, don't forget, fill out your tournament bracket. That starts next week for the 2021 Dark Windows Podcast Asshole Eliminator Tournament. Yes. Where we are going to pit some of the most vicious madmen of all time against each other in we're a starting, single elimination tournament. And we're starting on uh, the... We're starting on our left-hand side left-hand bracket, side. which would be Pol Pot, who... He, he, he gets a buy directly into the second round because he was a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Then we have Talat Pasha versus Kim Il-sung. That's going to be a, a dogfight. It might be a good battle. Absolute dogfight. And then the one after that, this is where it's just going to be a down and dirty, just fist fight for the ages because this one either one of these guys could take it because they were equally disgusting we've got yosef mengala versus shiro ishii and then from there we will move on to see who takes on obviously whoever wins the uh the the pasha il sung fight goes on to face pol pot and then from there we'll have whoever wins that against whoever wins the mengala ishii fight to go to the finals on the left-hand side. And then the uh-huh. week after, 
we're going to do with the right-hand side bracket, which is gonna, which consists of uh, a guy named Adolf Hitler who gets a yeah. direct Never a direct buy into the into the second round. Who's he? Um, <laughs> he's very very well like I would say he's like a top three seed in this tournament. Oh, I'd um, say. But can can one of our Cinderellas knock him off? Because our next fight would be Idi Amin, the last king of Scotland, versus Chairman Mao, who, again, very, very highly seated in this tournament, according to all of our experts. Yes, um, very highly seated. Mel Kuyper has got him in, like, number three. I would say, I think Mel Kuyper does football, though. Uh, I think, I, yeah, <laughs> him well, and his giant hair. Dickie V. Dickie Vitale. Yeah. Um, he has him as a sleeper, I hear. I, no, dude, I honestly... I, I think our our sleeper that no that not as many people have heard of is is going to be this next one with Joseph Stalin versus King Leopold of Belgium. Whoa. Both of these guys terrible terrible people highly highly ranked in the previous season. Um, Leopold not not as well known as uh, as Stalin and his mustache. Uh, he's a cocksucker anyway. <laughs> but what we'll end up having here is we will end up having Adolf Hitler versus the winner of Idi Amin and Mao Zedong, and then whoever goes there will take on the winner of King Leopold of Belgium versus Joseph Stalin, and then also in our second week we'll have our two finalists facing off head to head to see who is the biggest asshole that has ever existed. And if you guys enjoy this tournament format, I have multiple other ideas for what we can do with this. And I think it would be super fucking interesting. We have at least two, two possibly uh, three other ideas. We, we definitely have a serial killer bracket yes, that we've got definitely. to do, which I think we're going to have to extend that one out to it at least at least a 30-team bracket because there's so to. many. Yes, we might have to. And then, of course, we have a badass bracket that we can do. To find out who is the biggest badass that has ever walked that, the earth. That oh, ooh, that might have to get. I'm, have to I'm get calling it, expanded. man. I really think that you're going to see at least make it make it to at least the final like the final four. I think you'll see Mad Jack Churchill make it that far. Possibly. Because, my God. I mean, my will, God. Will he be facing uh, uh, Adi in the <sighs> dude? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but there's there's plenty of other guys. There's out so there. many. There's so many, and then there's some we've never even heard of before. Yes, we haven't we haven't that we haven't covered yet. But I mean, Jack Churchill. This man went into battle wearing a kilt. You want to know why? Because balls that big don't fit in pants. Exactly. He killed a Nazi with a fucking bow. Like, hey, legit. Kilt so, and a longsword. Yeah. And... Fucking playing his bagpipes and shit. Yeah. So again, fill out your tournament bracket. Let's see how close you get to the perfect bracket. Because, I mean, I know I don't follow college basketball, and I know absolutely zero people that I've seen on Facebook that are happy with how their brackets have turned out so far. Because <laughs> everybody's like, I fucking hate this. And you can, like, see them throwing papers and shit, even I'm though you're done. not there. Like, it's always up. I'm done. I'm never yeah. doing this again. Let's... I know Justin's been like, fuck Texas. I hate that team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, dude, they butt fucked your, uh, your bracket, huh? Fucking um, Illinois. Yeah. You know. And some fucking mom and pop school comes up and wins the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> they got pulled up from D3 out of fucking technicality. <laughs> they accidentally got onto the bracket, but, yep. um, I'm super excited to start doing this, man. Oh yeah. Um, but again, somehow I'm not exactly sure because we did again we did a, a round robin draft, 
I somehow ended up with every goddamn communist on here except for Joseph Stalin. <laughs> I got so many communists, and I'm like, "Fuck, dude!" Wait, you have? No, you don't. You, I do. Yeah. Well, but next week when we get started, we'll go over who our draft picks were. But yeah, dude, I got three of the four commies on here. Yeah. We do. So I can't even pull for some of my own dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these red nightmares. Well. Anyway, with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Uh, Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>